volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders. Hello and welcome to season three of Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership. I am Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions and Executive Coaching and Leadership Development Firm based here in Boulder, Colorado, helping organizations create healthy, aligned, and more human workplaces. I'm also the founder and CEO of Coach Metrics, cloud-based tool that we use to and developed to measure behavioral change in coaching leadership development. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about the future of leadership. So it's October 30th today at the time of this recording. I have two young kids, as you may know, a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and they are so excited to get to school today because today is the day they get to wear their Ninjago Ninja costumes. Now, if you don't know what Ninjago is, I didn't either until about three months ago. It's a Lego thing. And I'm not sure where you are, but in Colorado, trick-or-treating has been discouraged, both because of information that's come down from the CDC and state health agencies as we're seeing an escalation in the number of COVID cases. So my beautiful wife organized a treasure hunt with several other families so that the kids can still showcase their costumes, but in a socially distant and safe way without gathering in groups or you know, taking candy from strangers and you know all the safety stuff that's going along with COVID. And on one hand, you might see this as massively disappointing and even sad, like Halloween. I mean, we all remember our experiences as kids, trick-or-treating and just incredible experiences. But my kids are more excited than ever. And it reminds me that our ability to be resilient is highly correlated with the meaning that we attach to any unexpected event. And even with this change in what is normally a, a normal traditional Halloween, what that might look like, my kids are attaching a meaning of joy and excitement. And at the time of this recording on October 30th, we're four or five days from the presidential election, right? Really divisive political environment. We just had a snowstorm in Boulder, Colorado last week, which was extremely welcome to help our brave firefighters defend against the raging fires in our mountains and our foothills. We're facing an escalation in COVID cases across the country, certainly here in Colorado, and we're seeing some businesses shut down again, some schools begin to close. And on top of that, business is moving at an unrelenting pace. There is a ton going on in our world right now. But when I look at my kids, and I see their faces and their excitement and their positivity that's coming from them as they're going through maybe one of the weirdest Halloween experiences in their life. It inspires me to be resilient and our ability to face adversity head on and bounce back is critical to our success as human beings 
and in business. And that's why we're dedicating all of Q4 and into Q1 of 2021 on this topic of resilience with our Bounce Back series. You'll find a ton of resources on our Future of Leadership podcast and blog page at 512solutions.com with practical tools to help you implement what we talk about in these podcast episodes. So don't forget to check those out. But wait, don't go there till after this episode. We got a great episode today with Terry Farnsworth. We've had a couple of episodes on the topic of resiliency so far this season. Dr. David Palmeter joined us. We just launched that episode the week of October 26th. Amazing episodes. You need to listen to that. I also had my special guest, Jan Jenkins, an executive coach on our team. Amazing and just heart-wrenching episode from Jan about the resilience model she created that was born out of the depths of personal tragedy. And today I wanted to bring you a corporate perspective. And that's why my guest, Terry Farnsworth, is with us today. Terry Farnsworth is an incredible leader and the vice president of human resources for renewable energy systems. Res is the world's largest independent renewable energy company and has been at the forefront of renewable energy development for over 35 years. So Terry's got 30 plus years in the field of human resources. She's also worked at a number of other global organizations, including WW Granger, Baxter Healthcare, and Aero Electronics. Terry's passion for talent management and her work in the field of human resources allows her to focus on the growth and development of talent for the future. So what you are going to hear today in this episode will help you build resiliency within your teams and your organization. Let's go over to that interview with Terry now. Well, Terry, welcome. And as we talked about earlier, our theme for the season is around resilience. And we've been, we've all been through so much this year between COVID and you and I both live in Colorado. We've got fires that we've experienced here in the foothills and up in the mountains and this divisive political environment that we're facing. So much going on in our world, in our in our workplace. You've got a ton of global experience as an HR leader, uh, both in your current role and in previous roles. What are you noticing in the workplace today, or maybe even beyond the workplace? Sure. Well, Sal, first of all, thank you so much for having me here today. I certainly do appreciate it being a part of this discussion. Goodness, if you would have told me that the world looks the way it does a year ago, I don't know that I would have believed you. I, I don't know that I would have trusted that information. There have been so many significant shifts And that's true in our personal lives, but it's also true in business today as well. I think about going into the office yesterday. I was one of seven individuals that was in the office in a facility that holds over 200. And and so we're seeing dramatic shifts in how people work, where people work. And as we think about leadership around that, there are some significant shifts that people need to consider. Um, I think about one of the most important things being connectivity. How do we stay close to one another when we're not physically together? And technology is a great mechanism to be able to do that, but it doesn't fill in all of the gaps for individuals. So I think that as we consider leadership, people are faced with very different challenges than they've ever had before. And many folks may not be well-equipped to be able to manage through that successfully in the short term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that connectivity is so critical. Uh, You and I were just talking about a previous podcast with Dr. David Palmetter, and he talked in that podcast about the importance of connectivity and connecting relationships. And 
in longitudinal studies, the number one predictor of physical and mental health is the connectedness that people have in their relationships. So it's so it's so critical today. Well, it, it absolutely is. In in my mind, it's certainly we see it so easily in our personal lives, but that's as true in our working relationships as well. What we find is that people that have more connections within the office, whether they're friends, mm. whether it's even just drinking buddies where they go out after the office in previous times, by the way. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, not today. But it's how connected are you to these individuals and their lives outside of the office? It really does change the employee experience and it can change how a leader shows up as well. Yeah, without a doubt. And it's directly tied to resilience. I'd love to hear maybe a little bit about your perspective on resilience. When we did some research for our resilience program, you helped us with your points of view. What is resilience in your mind and why is it important in the workplace? I'll sum it up quickly, at least from my perspective, and that is it's the ability to carry on regardless of the elements around you. And for everyone, that's going to be a little bit different. So things affect us all very differently. And each one of us needs to determine how we need to manage through and how we need to, again, I'm going to go back to connection, how we can ask for help from other individuals in order to be able to manage for that successfully. So I'll tell you one of the keys, I think, as we think about life today, again, personal or professional, is asking for help or even accepting help from individuals isn't showing weakness. You can't go on this road on your own and still think about being as successful as you can be. It's the people that help you in that journey that are going to be a significant element to ensuring that you can achieve all that you can. Mm. And I'm very lucky. I know that you are as well, Sal. We have some wonderful support systems around us. And it takes time to build that. And it, it also takes being someone who's willing to share intimate elements of their lives, yeah. whether that's good or bad, showing the things that aren't always going particularly well and, and being honest about that along the way. That vulnerability is really important. Yeah, I was just going to mention that word. That's what came up yeah. for me as I heard you say the idea of asking for help and and or offering help. And, and sometimes those behaviors are difficult for leaders, but they're so critical today. They're so critical. It's true. Yeah. Well, and I think some leaders really believe they have to be on point. They have to have mm-hmm. the right messaging. They have to show up in a certain way. And I'll tell you, I think leadership is messy. It's We don't have all of the answers. I mean, goodness, rarely do we have all of the answers that are given to us. Yeah. And isn't that right. why we're in these jobs to help bring that clarity along the way? But, but again, don't go alone because the more feedback that you have from your team, the more successful you're going to be in in being able to deliver on a vision or a mission Mm -hmm. um, or even just drive against the day-to-day objectives within your team. Yeah. You know, I think it's one of the really interesting things that's changed that I've noticed in this virtual environment where we now have leaders and I mean, so many coaching sessions or meetings, I've met leaders' kids or we've gotten interrupted by a dog barking or the UPS guy or gal at the door knocking and ringing the doorbell. But there's an element here of humanity that I think has been brought in that has made for leaders that embrace it, allowed them and who have allowed themselves to be vulnerable, they become more approachable and people can relate to them better, which I think is really critical with all of these things that you're saying. It's absolutely true. Again, Sal, I'll look at us flashing back a year ago. Can you imagine if one of your kids had run behind the screen, how horrified you would have been and the apologies that you would have had to have provided? It would have been terrible. But now it's 
into which one of my dogs is going to be around me during a meeting. <laughs> and exactly. I, I've, you know, I've had my leadership stop me and say, is that your dog snoring? And it absolutely is. And so life is just very, very different than it has been before. And, and I will tell you that it's, it's the word you use. It's humanizing. And yeah. it makes us all relate in a really different way. I think those are some of the very tiny little ways that we can continue to connect with one another. Yeah. It's meaningful when we physically can't be together. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I ran a workshop yesterday on Zoom. We had almost 400 people on this thing. I mean, it was just amazing. And we were talking about resilience. And at right toward the end, we were literally closing the workshop. My four-year-old knocks on my door. I've got these <laughs> French doors in my office. And you know what? I, I said, come on in, Max. And I, he came over and I grabbed him and held him in my arms and he got to meet my, you know, three or 400 friends that were on this webinar. It's number one, it just kind of felt natural because of the world that we're in. And it was also natural because of the topic at hand, but I would have been horrified to your point a year, probably six months ago, if Mm -hmm. he ever did that. (laughs) It's changed how we work. And I think it's, it's so refreshing. It's so nice to know that I can include parts of my life in the things that are Mm. happening when I'm online with my team. It's great. Yeah, it's really powerful. As a global leader, how are you building or what strategies have you seen or using to build resilience within your organizations? Sure. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that, that, that I'll focus on first is, and again, I know that there's a leadership component to what we want to talk about. And, and it's a reminder to leaders that, that you're in your positions because you've done something wonderful to be able to achieve a certain level of success. But the moment that you step into those leadership roles, it's no longer about you. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely about the teams that you have and the individuals that you're pulling up through the organization. Your success is absolutely dependent upon them achieving greatness and you are a critical element to that. This isn't a new concept in any way, Sal, but I really do think about the employee experience being critical to business today and resilience as we look at moving forward. And that's customized based upon the individual needs of the employee. Again, I know that you had mentioned Dr. David Palmetter. I have to highlight mental wellness and mental health is a big part of the podcast that you guys had last week. For folks that hadn't had an opportunity to listen to that, it's really, it's very powerful and there are some wonderful nuggets in there to be able to listen to. And I think that's critical for all of us today. I think that there is a stronger focus on mental health and wellness than there ever has been. And yet we still have significant gaps in those areas. I keep going back to the word weakness. I think people sometimes think, goodness, what if I use the employee assistance program that my company offers? Oh gosh, um, am I weak as a result of that? What if I have to talk to a therapist or I'm just having a hard day and want to talk to someone? In my mind, if you're comfortable enough seeking the help that you need, that's the power. Um, you're going to be better tomorrow as a result of that activity today. Mm-hmm. And, and when I think about resilience, it's having to identify in yourself where you have those needs and how you can get the support that you want. And I think that as leaders, it's our job to help people in that journey along the way, more so now than ever. I know that your leaders are incredibly talented and smart. At 512 Solutions, we only work with successful people and teams who wanna get better. I also know that your people are facing unprecedented levels of complexity and uncertainty in the workplace. Sometimes leaders need extra support along the way to build resilience, 
and confidence. With a 512 coach by their side, your leaders will navigate their complex relationships with other senior and executive leaders more smoothly. They'll better understand the impact of their actions and decisions on the larger corporate culture, and they'll expand their capacity to think and act strategically. And with our proprietary coach metrics platform, they'll have 24 seven access to leadership tools, resources, and their coach. And we're one of the few coaching companies in the world to measure behavioral change and return on investment as a result of the coaching. To learn more about our programs, check out our website at 512solutions.com. Let's go back to our interview now. In many ways, there's a stigmatism that has been attached to this idea of mental health. And we have to, as leaders, help people and help our organizations and cultures get over that. And I think part of it is creating the psychological safety so people can reach out and access those resources that are already part of our benefit packages and plans. And EAP, we just reached out to about 20 of our clients to see, to talk about some of the things that they're doing. And and the, the idea of EAP came up with so many responses. And so we do absolutely have to help our people take advantage of those health and wellness aspects that are available to them. Without a doubt. And so I'll tell you, I just received some reporting yesterday, at least for my organization. And I will tell you, we are not seeing a significant increase this year in the usage of the employee assistance program uh, offerings. And I'm surprised by that because I would anticipate that people have, um, they're at home in many cases, they have access to be able to do that. They may be able to carve out a little bit of time. And so what I worry about is that people are not prioritizing themselves They're really worried about what do I need to get done today and what do I need to achieve today as opposed to thinking longer term and how do I need to help myself? The better we are mentally, physically, the strength that we have internally absolutely translates to our success in business today, Mm -hmm. heck, in our personal lives as well. And so I think we have to carve out time to be able to to focus on one another. And I think that we struggle with that specifically in, in the United States. Thanks for sharing that information. It is interesting and it would be also interesting to hear from other organizations and whether they're seeing that same trend. Because what we know is the trend in with mental health and anxiety and depression and, and things like that across the country, based on data from the U.S. Census Bureau, is indicating that there's been a really steep rise in the number of times that the percentage of people in this population are feeling anxiety or even depression on a weekly basis. So probably something for all of us as leaders to keep tabs on within our organization. Very true. Well, and I think that what's happening today as we think about, I have five meetings that are scheduled today. They're back to back. I'm running from one to the next. It's really difficult to do check-ins with your team when you're thinking about an agenda and work topics. I will highly encourage leaders to take the time to just check in with their teams. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that that I'm doing, and here's something that's a bit of a different dynamic for me. So I started in my job a little over five months ago. So there's never been a time when I've met my entire team in person. And there are many people I've never physically met in the time that I've been with this organization. So it's, it's something that I always joke about. I'll reflect back on and think about this crazy time. And, and how did I get up to speed and how did things evolve the way that they did with this business? It's certainly interesting to say the least. And some days are very difficult around that. But one of the things that I've tried to do is just get to know people differently. Mm-hmm. So as silly as it sounds, and I, 
I think silliness is something that we have to add to the business place. Um, Let's have some fun. We're going to achieve greatness together. And if we're laughing along the way, we're all going to enjoy that journey. And so one thing that we do, and it's only once a month, but we call out a virtual happy hour. And admittedly, no one on my team is drinking during those discussions, though they could. But what we do is we, we play Family Feud. And we That's ask awesome. questions. And the team has to guess what are the top 10 or top five answers on the Love board. It. And as silly as it sounds, I'm learning a lot about the team because of the mm. responses they provide. And there's so much laughter And there isn't one element of business that comes into it outside of the fact that it strengthens the relationships with this team and with one another when we can't be together in this time. So it's little things like that that make a big difference. And it's during the day. So it's not that we're waiting at night until everybody is at home with their families. We carve out time during the day when everyone's available to do it. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. What what a fun, creative way to get to know people. So sometimes it's very surprising as well. <laughs> in, in what way? Just in terms of like people's responses or what you're learning? Absolutely. Or, well, because yeah. they what I will tell you is early on when we started doing it, people were, I would say, much more professional and they were responding and they've loosened up quite a bit over time. And again, there's just there's much more interaction between the team. We try to do it through a Zoom platform because not all of the other platforms allow you to see everyone. And that's been fun too. So seeing people's reactions and being able to have a good time with one another when we're not together, it's been really fantastic. Yeah. So you had this experience of coming into the organization and at a time when COVID had already started and not onboarding in person. It's true. Or not yes. having pre-existing relationships with people right. before so, this remote world came about. It's true. There was one meeting that I had in person during the interview process. I met with three individuals in a conference room spread out with masks on. I've never met my boss in person. It's only been electronically. He lives in the UK. And so I don't have the ability, he doesn't have the ability to travel at this point for us wow. to get together. That's incredible. So it's, it's been a very different way of connecting. And I think how difficult it is for me just to get to know one another. But I also think maintaining the relationships for the people that already are within the business is just Mm -hmm. as difficult. It's no different for them than it is for me. And again, if connectivity is so important, how do we stay close? Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to ask you, what advice do you have based on your personal experience with that? Because I've heard this come up quite a bit with organizations. It's one thing for people that maybe had those pre-existing relationships but for those people who've come into an organization and have maybe never met their team members, how do they build those connections? You mentioned Family Feud. Is there anything else that, any other ideas or strategies that you've seen implemented? Given the chance, I would say you have to have to build out time early on to just meet with people, get yeah. to know them. And not what they do from a work perspective, but who are they as, as the whole person? I, I think about research and studies today People do want to be known for the products of work that they have, but it's it's more than that. They want you to know who they are well beyond the walls of the office. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, I think that having this situation where we're, we're so remote gives you a chance to be able to see that. Again, whether it's dogs barking or family members right. walking by, I get a window into people's lives that I haven't had previously. It's mm. something that I think about well beyond this particular topic, Sal, and that is be yourself. Yeah. Be the individual that can be open, can be honest. It's okay if we don't have the exact same interests, but 
but be open to the experiences that you have with those people. I'll tell you, Sal, I guess I approach this very differently maybe than other folks. I think of this as an adventure. This is absolutely mm. ridiculous that I've never met people in person, and it's been almost you know, five or six months. How can I crack the code is really the question I have, and, yeah. and it's different for everyone. So I don't mind spending a little bit of time on the phone getting to know folks or you know what, I'll send out funny communications at the most senior le levels just to see what reaction I get from them. And, <laughs> and I'm okay with that, but I'm also comfortable with who I am in being yeah. able to approach things that way. And you've got to do it in a safe place as well. But I think that my team has allowed me to do that and the leadership has as well. I think they embrace me for who I am and that allows me to be able to, to do these sillier things along the way that truly I enjoy. Yeah, well, your comment of, I think about this as an adventure. It, it reminds me about resilience, meaning resilient people know that the meaning they attach to any given experience is their choice. And so you That's could true. look at this any number of ways. It could be an adventure, or it could be the worst experience you've ever had, or it could be crazy, or it could be, but you're looking at it with such a positive light. And the meaning that we attach then drives the actions that we take and even how we feel. And resilient people understand that connection. We're meaning-making machines and the meaning that we give to any experience, it, even if it's painful and even if we are experiencing some suffering, the meaning we give is still within our control. Without doubt or question. And I will tell you, I think that's that can be challenging for people today yeah. because Take a look at the news. And I will admit, I am not a news watcher at this point, Sal. There's mm -hmm. just too much going on that that I don't want to see. I want to step into my days thinking I can tackle anything. And there will be a series of challenges that will be presented throughout the day. How can I navigate through those waters? And, and that's how I prepare mentally. I've just had to step away from some of that. Other people may need to get more engaged to be more educated around certain elements. Again, yeah. there's no wrong way to do it. And I will tell you that, I'd like to believe feedback as recently as yesterday that the more that we think that we can tackle things together as a group, yeah. the easier things become together. Again, support is really important. I had a, a member of my team who happened to be in the office last evening and we chatted social distanced with masks on and all that good mm -hmm. stuff, as silly as it sounds. And really she's had a really hard time personally. And in the last couple of months, she's lost her mother She's had a lot of work and it's one of the busiest times for my business because we're at year end right now. Right. And I will tell you the outpouring of support and help from the team has been, has been a game changer. When you think about these critical times in people's lives, how do we show up as a business to mm. be able to help them navigate through that? Wow. And, and so it's just a matter of time before any of us has a challenge that we have to tackle that that affects our work life. That's and so very good point. how we respond is really important. And again, I keep going back to this piece of connection because she has that connection. I think that this is something that will directly impact her retention. It will directly impact her mental state. And she feels comfortable talking to us about a really hard time in her life to be able to navigate through wow. it. So my hope is that she can also get through it more quickly as a result of that. And the word that came to my mind as you're talking, Terry, is commitment, right? Like mm -hmm. if my employer shows up and is, is supporting me genuinely through that difficult time, boy, why would I not be more committed to that leader, to the organization? That's a really powerful story. 
Yes. When we care about people more than just the products that they deliver and we care about them holistically, it does change that relationship. There's no question. And their Mm -hmm. commitment does change. Engagement is something that we always strive for from a business perspective. And I think those are key elements to ensuring that success. Mm -hmm. You also talk about the need for delivering proactive communication as as a means to developing resilience in in your organization. What are some things that you're doing internally or you've seen other organizations do? Absolutely. One thing that I think about specifically, and I think that communications are absolutely essential for a business to stay connected with individuals. Uh, Again, I'll go back to the, the thought that I have of People believe that leaders have all of the answers and they've got it all buttoned up. They just might not be sharing everything. And boy, that is absolutely not the reality of, of what we live every day. It's, yes. There are probably more questions than answers when things happen. And again, I'll focus on COVID. What is the approach of the organization? How are we supporting people? What's the flexibility that we're providing to people? I will tell you that well before I started with this business, they had some great communications of support and take care of yourselves that were leading messages. It wasn't, let's make sure that we hit the bottom line and we've got to stay focused on the numbers. Nope, that wasn't the messaging. Hmm. And that alone changes the conversation with these individuals. And so COVID is, is one thing that we're all facing right now. But, but I think about even significant shifts in businesses. Let people know in advance of what's going on, even if you don't have all of the answers and give them an idea and cadence around when you're going to provide them with more information. What I find is that if people don't have information, they start to make up stories in their minds and people fill in the blanks with things that are much worse than the reality of what could be going on. And even a little bit of information is going to be helpful in giving them a path to think positively moving forward. It's brilliant. It's the simplicity of it, but also the impact is Really, really powerful. So one, give them the information that you have, what you know, what you don't know. But that second piece of saying, here's when we'll update you next, can help alleviate some of the uncertainty that people might be feeling. Absolutely. And I will tell you that it's worked for me. And I'm not saying that, admittedly, Sal, people may think that we're holding things back. and, Mm -hmm. And that isn't always the case. I can't change that. What I can change is being diligent about providing information when I do have it to be able to to close those gaps. Again, I can't change the stories that people tell. I can just help build out that story that we're delivering across the organization holistically. And hopefully we've tied that together beautifully to be able to resonate and and take it down to individual levels as well. Mm. No question. You talk about the need to get ready for change. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, we're living in this world where there's so much unpredictability and, and so much change in our in our business, in our personal lives. How do people make that shift? How do they get themselves change ready? Or even how do you do that with teams? Sure. And I will tell you, well beyond the situations that we have today or the highlights you had specifically around the challenges in Colorado this year, mm-hmm. I think that this is something that we've experienced for many years. Take a look at the marketplace today and the consolidation of, of businesses as yeah. we think about, we think of some of the powerhouses today like an Amazon, and, and they weren't if you take a look in the history of business specifically. And so, What's the evolution of business and how does that affect our everyday? Here's what I will tell you. If an organization isn't changing from my perspective, you're losing ground already. And 
it's difficult to think about today 100% solutions because it just may not meet the needs of the meet the needs of the business or the employees by the time you actually deliver them. So being quick to be able to respond is important, but being authentic along the way is going to be critical as well. And so what I think about is there are always changes that leadership is aware of. They could be small or they could be large. And it doesn't mean that the leaders agree with them or can even understand the impact overall. They have to rationalize pretty quickly, though, because they have to be able to think about how to deliver that out. And it gets back to communications along the way. So all of these Mm -hmm. topics are related along the way. And, And in my mind, take yourself through that as best you can. What are some mechanisms to be able to do that? Have conversations with your peers. Talk to your leadership about it. If you vehemently disagree with something behind the scenes, you need to push for what you think is right. But at the end of the day, when a decision is made from the business, you as a leader have a responsibility to move that forward. And if you can't do that, then you need to think about what that means for you in that organization. But if you all made the decision and you're moving forward, that's your objective and you have to do that. And supporting that along the way is going to be absolutely essential to the success of any whether initiative or change within the business. I think leaders have to be responsible for moving more quickly in that area. But then what's difficult is, uh, as we think about the change curve and we think about how people process change, they're going to have a difficult time getting everybody on board as quickly as maybe they have. I'll even offer, I'd like to believe that leaders are in roles because they don't shy away from change and they're more comfortable with that type of aspect. Mm -hmm. But that isn't true for everyone. And when we think about our teams, we have to be patient. We have to give them time. But we also have to set parameters around what that looks like in order to be able to move through things. People don't have to agree with everything, but helping them understand what that future state is going to be in the time frame around when that's going to occur is really important for them getting their head straight around those types of mm. things. Yeah, it's so easy for leaders to jump from a vision they have and move right into execution without building that commitment or that that alignment. And we just have to remember that we may have already worked through the, that change process, but yet without the communication or the dialogue and engaging other people, they haven't had that time to process or, or move through it. Right. Themselves. I think about something as simple as organizational changes, Sal, and that is teams shift, they move, they, yeah. they combine, all of those things happen. Leaders have normally been involved in that decision-making process up to the point of execution. So they've had time to process and rationalize And the second that they're ready to make the announcement, they're ready to move forward. But not everyone else is because they may not understand. It's not as easy as changing the names in a system from a reporting perspective and you're ready to go. There is a lot of emotion around that too. And, And again, customizing that employee experience to be able to understand where your people are and how you can help them is going to be really important to their success in moving through that change curve. And let's not forget that people slip. And just because they were on board Monday doesn't mean they're on board Friday because they've had five other conversations with their peers and and they've stepped back a little bit. It's okay. It's part of the process. Patience is really important, but providing clarity is also just as important in Mm. those situations. Terry, thank you so much for being on the show today. You are an incredible leader, an incredible human being. I can see the empathy just come out of you with all of these responses and there's also a, this like quiet drive that you have too. And thank you. Uh, I know all of that comes out in your leadership style. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I can't thank you enough, Sal. Thanks for the time today and for the discussion. You got it. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out.